All right, welcome today to the second podcast or podcast with Rachel O'Mara. I'm Rachel. Hello, out there. And today I'm really, really excited to speak with Karen Henson Jones. Karen wrote Heart of Miracles. It's put out by Hay House. And my story about Karen is that I hosted Karen Speak at Toxic Google. Uh, and she spoke and gave her awesome story, which I um, was really interested to hear because I had read the book. So uh, I'm really looking forward to hosting her here today and helping her also uh, learn more about really, well, I want to learn from her, I should say, about uh, how she's incorporated pausing, uh, what I call intentional shifts in behavior and what it really means to her. So hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Rachel. Great to, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really excited to connect with you and uh, hear all your news, all your updates. And for the folks who are listening today, uh, since we're doing, this, we're doing this recorded, my goal is to provide a kind of unedited script here. So we're just talking and you get to be a fly on the wall learning and learning and listening about what we're up to and hopefully take a couple things away that you can incorporate into your world that will help you pause or maybe find some miracles as we've got um, some some information in that about that as well in, in Karen's book but really like walk away with a couple insights that may may not have you may not have had before so that's what I'm looking for today so Karen, let me start with just a general uh, question to you. And I know, uh, tell us about your book. Tell us about Heart of Miracles. How um, how did it come about? And what would someone learn from reading that? Um, wow. Okay, so much. Uh, Heart of Miracles <laughs> it's a big question. is a book. The way I describe it to people, it's a little bit of eat, pray, love meets proof of heaven. It's like an eat, pray, love but the catalyst, instead of it being a depression and a divorce, is actually an unexpected open-heart surgery and near-death experience that I had when I was 30 years old. And what happened to me is I was getting a pacemaker put in, and there's a complication during the operation, a very serious one, that led to uh, two more heart surgeries, including an open-heart surgery, and I woke up in a coma three days later in complete shock. I was supposed to be in and out of the hospital um, you know, within like 90 minutes, and it ended up being this horrendous, um, literally on the edge of life and death ordeal. And, and um, you know, I did have an opening experience, what you call like an awakening or spiritual awakening. When I was in the hospital, I could see spirits, and I understood that there was a spiritual world, an interdimensional world, that I had never, um, it wasn't so much that I believed or didn't believe, but I never even thought about it before. I was... I had an MBA, I was working at a bank, and, you know, that was sort of just like I was just really busy doing my life, and I never really gave a lot of gravity to my life about how I was spending my time, if it was ethical, if it was meaningful, or if it was useful, and this experience um, really caused me to have a big turnaround and look at things in a different way, because I, I came to the realization, you know, that obviously we're all going to die here, and at some point, I do believe we're eternal spirits, that we're going to evaluate how we spent that life. And after I had these, these surgeries, that sort of question sort of started to blossom in my mind. Um, but at the same time, I had a, a very big obstacle and dilemma in front of me, which is that I couldn't recover my body. So despite uh, nutrition and physical therapy and everything that was 
that was normal in the Western world, um, my body was still very, very, very extremely disabled. Um, I had I had had um, several lung surgeries as well, and 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 it was so hard to recover, and I needed a miracle. And I would pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing would come. And then eventually something came. Um, and, you know, I did start to, to experience what they call, like, miraculous interventions or turns of fate or, you know, mm. just what you would call, like, a divine grace, like something that came out of nowhere that was totally unbelievable. And I found myself in India. <laughs> I found myself in, in India studying ancient healing techniques. And I found that those really worked for me, and then I came back, and I started to use it again, and I started to teach. And it's just an exploration about how to heal, what life should look like. Because after this, I couldn't jump back into to going to work for a bank again because yeah. I couldn't see life anymore as a competition, but I really wanted to see it as a healing and a sharing. And it's a huge question about how to do that because I feel as though so many people in our generation, you know, I'm in my 30s, that's what they want to do, but then they feel pressure. They feel a lot of financial pressure um, or they feel pressure from their parents or societal pressure. And so it's like the big question is how can I, I how can I work in this sharing and healing and doing good with my life um, but still be, you know, still not lose my old way of life, which is like friends and, yeah. and, and um, you know, travel and all the things that you enjoy. And I guess one of the huge messages of my book is that, you can find a way. Once you start taking footsteps on that path, um, God will meet you where your intention is and something will be placed in your path to take you to the next thing. And it's not always the easiest thing, but it will get you there. Um, so in my book, I go to I go to India and then I went to Italy, mm-hmm. Bhutan, and eventually Israel to trace the footsteps of Jesus because I was really interested in some of his teachings and some of the experiences and the dreams that I had, especially around the near-death experience experience state um, that that they felt that I had a very deep experience, a vivid experience with Jesus, and I really wanted to know why did he come to me? What is he really trying to teach us? And I think what he's actually trying to do is, you know, he's trying to remember, remind us all to live with heart. And if you read the passages in the Bible, you know, and you don't take it in a political way, um, you know, he's just reminding everybody to live with heart and to look out for the poor and to, mm-hmm. you know, it just just to, um, you know, to live a moral life. And, and when you try to do that, it's, it's actually very challenging, especially in every department of your life. Um, so, so that's sort of what the book is about. But it's unexpected because it's a lot of fun. I put a lot of jokes in there, and then I went to a lot of different places, and I... I um, have a lot of different anecdotes about the people that I meet, and it's just filled with jokes. So it's going to keep. <laughs> it, is filled, it is filled. It is filled with jokes all the way through. It is. It's. A, it's actually a pretty easy read. I liked. I enjoyed reading it as well. And uh, I. I yeah. As you're as you're speaking, I'm a couple of things. I know for me. Um, so you're basically like your pause was literally the worst case scenario. Like you're on the operating table, and you. You literally are on like death's doorstep, and you you have this resurrection, so to speak, where you you are saved and you come back and you have um, you had a near death experience, and so like to me, 
pausing takes many forms. And this, in your case, pausing, um, yeah, it happened in an extreme way and it wasn't some subtle nudge from, um, like me in my case where, you know, I'm not doing so great in my job and I'm told to, uh, take a couple, you know, either leave or like take a couple of months off and figure out what to do next. You, you literally had a life and death situation. So that's a quite a different scenario. And I'm, you know, I, I think there's a lot of courage in your story. I think there's a lot that, uh, gosh, I mean, I can't even imagine personally being in your shoes in that way, but being able to then know what you've gone through and go through and take forward in your life, you know, what you're saying, like, how do I bring in healing to others and how do I take this message and what have I heard and what am I trying to convey now? Cause like, yeah, I can't go back to the bank. It's just not going to happen. So I find that really, uh, like interesting and, and challenging. And, and I think it's a very courageous thing. Can't be oh, that easy. Oh, thank you. And I think, you know, pauses can look different for all for all different people. Um, you know, my sister, she's a Yale graduate, and, and she's almost 40. And she she's a person who switches jobs a lot, and when she switches her jobs, or careers even, then she always takes time off in between to do something interesting. And, you know, I think she's unconventional in that way, and a lot of her friends are not that way. And she, you know, we were talking the other day, and she's like, I finally accepted that this is the way I am, and it's okay to be this way, and that there's a lot of benefit in having mm-hmm. the different experiences and a lot of benefits in having the breaks that she gives herself to recharge. Um, I yeah, mean, so I what does she do? You know, also, As an example. Also pertaining to Heart of Miracles, um, a lot of pauses can be travel pauses, and you don't have to do something so exotic. I think the thing that's so beneficial about pausing is, um, you know, say you say you have an issue, and you've, you've ruminated it for some time, you know, weeks, months, years, and you still don't have the conclusion, or you still don't see the next path. And if you take a pause, and you, you stop what you're doing, or what you have been doing, or you remove yourself, and you put yourself and a completely new atmosphere where your brain has to function in a different way, that's where you can start to make that's where you can start to make a breakthrough. Hmm. So you literally shift well, if I were to say it, shift your behavior based on what you've changed, what you've adjusted. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's very powerful and, and um and, and I'd say Everyone has their own version, and that's the beauty of a pause, I'd say, is is uh, you can determine what works for you. So in your case, uh, there was there was some pretty heavy-duty <laughs> uh, life-challenging situations, but I loved how you traveled, and, and I do think it was a lot like a eat, pray, love situation, and I, I relate to to that where you're where you're going over finding places, destinations, and like really understanding what is there for you to learn. And uh, and everyone has their own version. I'm when you uh, when going back to what you were saying earlier and, and having uh, the the different experiences that you had. So I've talked to a couple different people now on their own spiritual awakenings, and I um, and I've had my own version of that. And I'm wondering why do you think it was Jesus who showed up for you? Just curious. I, I do I do believe these spirits are real. You know, some people say, oh, if you're Jesus, if you're Christian, Jesus will show up in your mind. If you're Buddhist, Buddha will show up in your mind. And it could be a construct of that. Or it could, you know, almost like in a dream where you pick something up that day that you saw on the computer and then it, it gets elaborated in the dream state. But I actually believe um, that Jesus is, is a real individualized soul, that he is a real teacher. I, I, I believe that he was, 
incarnated in human form and that he worked, walked the earth and gave these teachings mm-hmm. and that he has students and that the people who follow, uh, fall under this umbrella um, who will study for him, study from him, study his teachings will meet him at some point, mm-hmm. um, whether they're born into that or if it's something that, they, that they're led into later in their lives. So I, I believe he's a real, what they might call ascended master or teacher or high-level soul mm-hmm. um, who, you know, who can instruct many, many, many millions of people at the same time. Yeah. And, and I think that I fall under that, that category. Gotcha. And your and you, what was your background? Did, did you have a sense of who he was before your, your experience? I, you know, nowhere, nowhere close to it. Um, you know, I had a lot of <laughs> dreams of like, healing energy and I didn't really have a background where I was close to Jesus. My mom is Catholic and she's sort of like a, not not a heavy-duty Catholic. She's a light-duty Catholic. Yeah. Um, and my father doesn't practice any religion. And and, um, and I certainly didn't have any experience of him as a, as a mystic as, as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I'd be recovering from, from my, these surgeries, I would have dreams that I was in healing pools in Jerusalem and stuff like that. And I was like, where is this coming from? And then it, I really came to believe that it's something that's, that's very real. Yeah. You know, why would someone want to read write, read your book? What is it that could be of, in, of uh, insight that might be someone who can walk away with, like, picking that up and, and going, hmm, yeah, this looks good. What would you say? You know what? Um, for sure, it's interesting. It's been out for more than a year now, so I've started to hear back from a lot of people. And people read it for all different kinds of reasons, and they, they take away all different kinds of things. So the book is really layered. Um, I, you know, I'd say number one, if you just want to be entertained and if you want to laugh. I mean, so much of our media is so, um, you know, it's negative or it's dark or something like that. So if you really want to go back to something that's old-fashioned fun, this is the book that you want to pick up because it, for sure it's going to make you laugh. And, um, you know, there's a lot of information. I, I went to University of Virginia Medical School. I interviewed physicians people who are studying consciousness after death. So if you're curious about what happens after we die um, or you want to explain certain things in your life that can be explained for, by what we call rebirth or karma, this, this, uh, this is a great book for that. Yeah. Um, it's also a great book for people who are interested in, in travel and history. So if you're the kind of person that reads a travel channel, um, people are always surprised that when I go to the places then I always give a background of the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. But more than anything, it's filled with a lot of spiritual lessons, like understanding why things happen or giving you um, a lot of strength about how to face a challenge. Or it, it demonstrates a lot of patience, like, okay, maybe you're in this situation, you think nothing's happening, but it really just proves to you that you can wait out anything and something will shift. It sounds like a uh, good, uh, it sounds like a good pause. <laughs> It sounds like a good opportunity yeah, to kind of shift and yeah, it's downshift. Like a long pause is filled with lots of little pauses. Yeah, pause so. to read the book, and then maybe you'll shift as a result, or there'll be some insight yeah. that you can Everybody, have. you'll walk away changed. Like you'll any book. You'll walk away feeling shifted, and you kind of like walk around light on your feet waiting for a miracle to happen to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. So that's awesome. I, I'm wondering what you're doing now. What are you working on at this point, Karen? You've got another book um, right in now, I am working on my second book and uh, still hammering it out a little bit, but I think it's going to be very, um, the theme is karma. Mm. So um, it's funny, I, I pitched a few other things, but 
but my my agent he was like no keep going keep going there's something there's something clearer there's something better so it's going to be something called something similar like the karma handbook um, so say more about that I, yeah that sounds intriguing so it's, yeah it's interesting because it's it's this idea of um you know i was really interested in soulmates and i love these stories of coincidences where um where people who meet like against all odds but they're obviously totally meant for each other and it's and you wonder to yourself, was that always set up? Was it always going to be that person? Mm. Um, like I know this couple, um, they they met in college in Africa, and they were separated by civil unrest. And they never married anybody else because they were always thinking about each other. And 20 years later, um, they met in the baggage claim at Heathrow Airport. You know, so stories wow. like that or... Um, I have a friend who met her husband in the most peculiar way, and then when they worked backwards, um, it turns out that there are about literally like eight different um, places and times where they they came super close to meeting. Like they were, you know, they they met in England, but they were at the same party in Hong Kong four years before, at the same party in the same apartment. So wow. you know, stuff like that, and then that makes me wonder. Um, was it always going to be that person and could they have met at that time and you know if it was always going to be that person does that mean that you were born with a predestiny for a certain person wow so that's what and your book is so, about is that what is that what your I, book is that what your book is we're going to hear more about that in the stories that you're sharing right so it's going to be um. like what's driving these sort of main what's driving the main points in your life your your purpose your career um, and you're mating, and it all comes down to to karma, which is is a very kind of like un-American concept. Yeah. Um, but but there's sort of like a lot of proof for it at the same time. So. Yeah, and and uh, and I think people have different different ideas about karma, what it really means, or how it like what does that mean in in any way, whether it's a spiritual way or your your day to day life. So that'll be interesting to dig into. When is when is the timeline for that? Well, I'm hoping to get it, you know, there's a long timeline from when when you submit a manuscript to when it's actually published. So yeah. right now I'm still working on the proposal, so it hasn't even gone out to, oh, okay. to publishers yet, but I'm hoping it will be out within two years. Oh, that's great. It sounds really good. I like the idea, and it sounds like there's a lot of uh, real good concepts I think of many people are interested in, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, especially for women, especially for women who like are trying to disentangle their love lives, like why did this happen or why always me or you know, if something really out of like something yeah. really strange happens and you know, it's this idea that a lot of these things are based in past life mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. And that you have to be careful now because you you're constantly creating karma and karma is just action and reaction. So uh, you know, everything that you're doing here is always creating a consequence. So it makes people a little bit more aware of that. And that improves your own life yeah. and that improves, you know, the life for, for everybody around you in your circle and all of society and eventually the planet. So it's, um, you know, it's something yeah. that we don't talk about that much here, but it's a, a driving underlying energy. Um, so it's, inter- it's interesting. Mm, it's a good way to say it, I think, in that, yeah, it is what drives everything, and it's it all comes down back to you. It's your world and how everything is affected, and all of us have those choices that we can make every day. I'm thinking about uh, what, yeah, just what comes around goes around is one of my favorite phrases. It just I think sums up what, to me yeah. what karma is for me. Like, yep, like whatever I'm doing is gonna come on back at some point, whether it's how I treat someone 
where I am, what am I thinking? It can be at many different levels. <laughs> so that's cool. What do yeah, you do? The other thing I'm working. Oh, sorry. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the other thing I'm working on is is um, I, I, you know, when I started to recover from my surgeries, I became more interested in nutrition mm. and and um, farming and. And uh, my mom's from the Philippines, so I'm working on setting up a foundation there. It's called the Star Seed Program, and it's kind of working on like a lot of different levels. But what I I would like to do is is set up a program that's got health, education, and agriculture. And what it is is actually expanding um, what you call like semi-rural agriculture. There's a lot of rural agriculture in the cities, um, but there are a lot of kind of places in between that are like suburban. And a lot of the poor who grew up there will move to, to the city, which is already overpopulated. So what I want to do is concentrate on making a program where you teach people to grow their own food and they can sell this food um, and it keeps them in their in their province instead of migrating to um, to a city that's already the systems where all the systems are already breaking. Wow. That's amazing. That, that sounds so needed and helpful so where can someone find more information out about that i'm literally just getting started so maybe just you know keep track to be tuned 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 in later so Uh, and it's stars it's say the name again wait what are you calling it star seed program star seed program in the philippines Mm -hmm. okay i like that and and i would i would even call that a pause where you're your shifting behavior to intentionally change the system of how that works there. So well done. What else are you up to these days? Uh, curious to hear how you incorporate pausing in your day-to-day life now and anything else that, that you are following in the present time for uh, just, you know, inter- information or things of interest to you. You know, I'm really trying to be more more disciplined because when you're um, when you're an author, there's always something to do. You could literally work seven days a week. So I I promised myself that I I definitely would take a Sunday and Sunday would be my pause day, and I'd literally do no work at all. And then I broke my my deal, and you know we we're having oh, a no. today on Sunday. Uh. But um, it's something that I'm really trying to stick to, like, and I'm looking forward to it because I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be on the computer today. Um, and I know, like, well, technically you're on the phone, like, oh, so this counts, right? You feel like you can't do that, but you can. And once you, once you, once you lay down that boundary, you'll see that it's actually manageable and very refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I, so you've got a boundary around most of the time not working on Sundays. I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. I recently had one. I think I just came up with it this week because I was realized I was way too dialed into social media and I'm not happy about it. So now I have Sundays, social media free days <laughs> and, uh, cool. and maybe more. We'll see. But yeah, I know I, I'm on that same plane of the work. I, I could do that. And I just finished my studies too. So I've been doing a lot of work on the weekends anyway. So that's great. What else are you following? Are you into the election? I'm super into the election. Presidential <laughs> yeah, candidate Bonanza. Um, yeah, I was a government major in, in college, and then I'm, you know, I've just found this this particular election cycle so um, addictive to be watched. I know everybody was the opposite; they're so overloaded, they can't watch anymore. They're so sick of it. Um, but I think it's fascinating. Like, who would have thought Donald Trump? I mean, like, I I think the Republicans didn't even think it, and yeah. and to see this guy 
I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere, um, but if you if you look at the subconscious that's that's behind his success or his rise, I think that's that's fascinating. And especially if you're new agey or metaphysical at all, you know, there's a lot of talk about what they call the rise of the divine feminine, or we're entering into a new age where there's mm-hmm. going to be like. Um, you know, more peace and more feminine energy and more heart and more motherly love and that there is going to be this rise in female leadership. And I, I feel like this battle between, like, Trump and Hillary is going to be, like, the ultimate dichotomy of the masculine versus the feminine. And um, yeah. I think it's very, very interesting to see the kind of um, material that each of the candidates are putting out. I think what happened with Bernie Sanders is, like, is fascinating because it shows that there are millions and millions of people that are that are striving for and are responding to to his messages, yeah. and it um, it it shows a lot of change. It shows a lot of change. It shows a lot of dissatisfaction with the way things are and people wanting to change. But it, there's also this huge element of people being susceptible to manipulation. Um, and the propaganda that they're receiving. You know, you always look at other cultures and you think, oh my God, it's such like propaganda. But if you if you sort of flip that lens and you look at it mm-hmm. from an outsider's point of view and what Americans are taking in and responding to, um, it's, it's super artificial and super manipulated and it's playing to, I mean, I think especially from Trump's campaign, it's playing to um, their, their fears. It's playing to their personal fears. And that's where... You, you can see that there are two places where people really connect on very strong emotions, and one is love and one is fear. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's just fascinating to me, and it, it's scary that, that it's as close as, as it is right now. Yeah. Oh, by you. Yep, I agree. And I and who, will you disclose who you'll be voting for? I'm going to go, I'm going to vote for Hillary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I will vote for Hillary. If, if Bernie was the candidate, I would have voted for him. Um, you know, I don't think the election was rigged in his favor. I, I mean, I don't think the election was rigged against him. I think that yeah. he came in very strongly, but at the end of the day, he just didn't have the numbers. And, and you know, even if, if the DNC didn't do this manipulation, he still wouldn't have had the numbers. Um, yeah. So it, I think that he has a right to be bitter. His supporters have a right to be bitter. Um but right now there are two candidates, um, so I will vote for, for Hillary. Yeah, for yeah, and, and uh, I will be voting for Hillary as well. And I, I also am in agreement with you where going back to the, the rise of the divine feminine, and I, I think this is part of that, and, and uh, it isn't always what you think it will be, right? And, but it, and I think this is one of those components, which is exciting. It's definitely something that's perked my interest, and... Back to what you were saying, I, gosh, yeah, I think uh, we are all responsible, right, where fears are with us all the time. They're always underlying, whether it's Trump or Hillary or anyone else, and, and like it seems that the Trump card is playing a lot to those fears, and there's just other things at play, but it's an interesting race for, to, for sure, and one for the books and its history in the making. So I'm excited, and I definitely also have uh, interest now and more than I have in the past. But, uh, yeah, it, it's exciting. I, I think it's really, really great that we have a, a female women woman candidate, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to follow that. Yeah, and she's great. You know, she's been a public service 
a public servant for her for a very long time. You know, she's a senator for eight years. That's a long time. That's like twice as long as high school or twice as long as college. Yeah, yeah. And, yes. um, you know, I think that's a lot of that's a that's a lot of work and that's a lot of service. That's not just like hobnobbing and dinners and stuff. Yeah, like that. And, exactly. And, um, but you know, I was also looking at it like you know, for me, I don't know. Like for most people, there's so many dreams in my in my life that that haven't come true yet that I would love to see them them happen and, and some that have and I sort of looked at her on the stage and she looked so happy and I thought oh maybe this was supposed to be her time like for whatever reason this mm-hmm. is the divine timing of of the event like maybe she's been being strengthened during these years and um yeah. But, you know, so that was interesting. When you see something that, like, somebody wants so badly and they've got the energy for it and the attraction and they're close, but it doesn't quite happen, and then you see that it ultimately, ultimately does all click together if they persevere or if they have the patience and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to – time will tell as we watch and go forward from here. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to, to tracking with that and, and being being in, in, in it as a participant watching and voting so knowing all of that uh, and all the things you've got going on now and, and uh, the world you're creating, with, which is great with your new work and this initiative for, uh, with, with the Philippines and, and uh, just really hands-on for a lot more uh, help and assistance, what would you say, um, kind of wrapping up here, would be your takeaways for pausing? What would you want our listeners to know in terms of how to create their space and and what what would what would that take so that they can lead a more aligned and fulfilled life for whatever that means for them i would say there's always room for a pause no matter how busy or overwhelmed you feel um you can always start to make that space whether it means taking an hour to take a walk once a week or just shutting down your your, you know your devices for a couple of hours so it doesn't have to be something big but it can be something smaller that you can integrate into your life and I think it's super important and so many people in our generation especially women who feel like they need to work so hard or they're so responsible um you know my I guess my my point is to um there's always a way and and make time to do it and really discipline yourself because it's going to give you a huge benefit yep Thank you for those words. I agree and completely, I couldn't agree with you more. So thank you. Thank you, Karen, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And I wish you the most success with your new endeavors. And uh, for our listeners out there, where can they find out more information about you online or, or in, in the world? Okay, easy. Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And my, my handle for all of that is Karen Henson Jones. And you can watch my talks at Google on, on YouTube. So if you just search for Karen Henson Jones and my website, Karen Henson Jones. So. so I think we're getting Karen Henson Jones. That's what we need to know. And we'll find out the rest from there. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so, so much, much, Karen. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay.